Sunday Groove, episode 31. Um, I'm David Sunday, your host, and we are on Lillo Podcasting Network. Um, thanks for joining me. And um, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we're some sorts of Lillo Podcasting Network on Twitter, and um, that would be easy to find. Just typing in that little part. And I am sundaygroove.lillo on Instagram. And no, that's on. Yeah. And Sunday underscore groove underscore on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And if you have comments or anything, reach out on there. Um, the Lolo Podcast Network, I think we've been going about six or maybe eight months, something like that. Um, but it's been, um, it's probably actually less than that. <laughs> but, but I know there's uh, 90 to nothing. Um, and DC for you are the main shows besides mine on there. Um, but we'll talk more about that down the uh, at the back half of the show. But anyway, um, kind of in honor of Foo Fighters having their 25th anniversary in 2020, and then them having a new album coming out February 5th, I decided to do another Foo Fighters episode because it's been three years since my last one, a little over three years actually. But in keeping with what I typically do with my show is I kind of make it harder on myself than necessary just to keep it interesting for myself and to not just repeat exactly the same way. So there's a new spin on it that wasn't there last time. But in very important fact is I'm not alone. I have a guest as always. And so I guess I'll throw to him, my amigo, Greg Phillips. Hello, David. Welcome to the new year. A new year of Sunday Groove. Thank you. Uh, um, good to have you here, man. Um, yeah, it is a new year. It honestly doesn't feel any different, but um, <laughs> it is definitely no. a new year. <laughs> 2021 starting very much the way that 2020 uh, began and ended. So. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, as typical, we won't get into that because this show is supposed to be a distraction from the crap that is life in many situations. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to do a Foo Fighters episode, but um, as always, I do a brief segment called Current Spins. So um, I guess we'll do that now. So uh, currently spinning, what are you currently spinning? Ah! What are you currently spinning? It's very good, David. It's the first time I'm hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if I've actually ever used it on an episode. I've played around with it a lot, uh, but I, um, I can't remember if I've used it. I had a different jingle last year, or for the bulk of this show. I just, and then some point I just stopped using one. But I felt like, since there's no hard traveling fanboys right now, I'm like, eh, I can still um, uh, reading and watching. Of course, of course. <laughs> we 
while we're not ruling out a comeback, it looks less and less likely by the week. So. Oh, man, don't tell me that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I could say this real quick in case it's everybody's first listen. So Lilo Podcast Network is uh, fairly new, but obviously I said this is the 31st episode. Um, if you ever have any interest in hearing any of our old shows, they still are on Place to Be Nation Pop. Um, at least I imagine they are. They were a few months ago. Um, so there's a bunch of uh, Sunday Groove on there. There's a bunch of um, what was Russell's other show? I know it's always DC. Was It was DC for you on uh, on there. And then, of course, y'all had Hard Trap and Fanboys. And then there was, God, tons of other shows. But anyway, um, I don't know where I'm going off on that. So anyway, so Greg, do you have anything you've been listening to recently? Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been listening to, I, I, I listened to um, uh, Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Uh, the album, one of my, my my favorite album of all time, I think, and so uh, I've been oh, I've wow. listened to that, listened to that in the last uh, month or two, trying to refresh my memory on that. That's been fun. That's been real good. De- delving into, uh, particularly delving into side two, which is kind of the lesser known side of the album. You know, the side one of Physical Graffiti famously has Cashmere and uh, Trampled Underfoot, Custard Pie, songs like that that are that are pretty well known. Side two has more of the sort of acoustic numbers and uh, numbers like 10 Years Gone, which is a great song and uh, would highly recommend anyone listen to this album. Tremendous. And then for the last week, I've mainly been listening when I when I have listened to music to the uh, the three new Foo Fighters songs uh, from their upcoming album, appropriately enough. And of those, the one that really stands out to me so far is No Son of Mine. I'm, I really yes. like that tune. Yeah, it's incredible. That's um, definitely the strongest so far. Yeah, that 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 one has been my my standout of the of the three that they've released so far. I haven't disliked any of them that they've released uh, uh, of the current songs, but um, shame shame is is okay. Waiting on a war is good. I like that one too um, quite a bit. But but no son of mine has been the standout. But if the album is as good as as these singles are, then. I've got pretty high hopes for this one to be something mm-hmm. of a, you know, not that the not that Concrete and Gold was a bad album, but but I feel like this one could be something of a, of a comeback uh, for them in in a way of um, I, I thought Concrete and Gold, while it was solid enough, was kind of a disappointing album. I think yes, very um, much so. and I feel like this one sounds at least in the early going like it's going to be a little different and a little a uh, little more experimental maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely more experimental. Um, yeah, Concrete and Gold had some really cool production elements and like really good harmonies and, um, you know, definitely was going for a classic rock, classic rock vibe in several moments, but like it just, to me, especially revisiting, it just feels boring in several sections. And I'm like, um, that's never really something I've had. I've not had that problem with Foo Fighters very often where I find myself bored in moments. Um, well, except in one other moment we'll get there but um yeah i i originally was not impressed with shame shame it actually grew on me um i actually like it a lot now um did you watch the snl performance of it no no that that helps uh any live performance they've done of it to me adds a lot just kind of like uh sky as a neighborhood as a single didn't really grab me but hearing it live just the passion and everything it it 
kind of resonates better that way. Um, but um, well, me, I've been all over the place as usual, but uh, one song that's been on several of my, or I say several, at least a couple of my playlists um, has been one called Hearts on Fire and not the classic song Hearts on Fire, but it's a new one um, by um, these two collaborators. I don't know or well, don't know at all, but I found out about it because of Lights, but it's a song she did with Elenium and Dabin. Um, but it's an electronic song, but it's got a really cool like lead guitar tone and like lead guitar part. So it's not like your typical just dance part. Um, Cause a lot of, a lot of her collaborations are just more, I don't even know what you call it. It's not, I guess like electronica kind of thing. Um, but this one has like a good mixture of real guitar in there as well, which I, I like a lot and kind of amplifies it above some other stuff um, for that reason. Cause it's kind of like a good mixture of the two. <laughs> um, so mm -hmm. that's, that's been a fun one. Um, everything else been on my uh, morning feel good playlist is mostly old stuff. So I won't go into it. Um, but uh, of new music, there was also a surprise release uh, in December um, by Chris Cornell, which obviously I know he's been gone for a little over three years now, but apparently in 2016, he was doing a cover album. And um, I guess he, I don't know how many songs he planned on doing, but he had finished 10. And so his wife and daughter put out um, uh, that uh, at the end of December, I guess I should actually tell you the name of it, the album, uh, No One Sings Like You Anymore, uh, which is very true. Um, but the really good standout tracks from it uh, was one that I heard a long time back, uh, which was Patience, uh, his cover of the Guns N' Roses song, and then his uh, Prince cover of Nothing Compares to You. But then like two of the other songs on there that I like a lot are two songs I didn't even know beforehand. And that um, is uh, Stay With You, uh, no, sorry, Stay With Me Baby. And what's the other name? Oh, You Don't Know Nothing About Love. Uh, that one's really good. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun uh, cover album. It's very diverse and has a lot of different stuff on there. And like I said, I wasn't familiar with several of the songs or the majority of the songs, even though I think one's a Lennon song. Um, I can't remember who the other people are, but they, it was not big hits. Most of them outside of patience and, um, and uh, nothing compares to you. So ha have you heard any of it, Greg? Um, who was who the artist again? Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. No, I haven't heard any of the, I've, I've heard some of the, the covers that you mentioned, I've heard nothing compares to you, which is excellent, but um, I haven't heard the others that you mentioned. Oh man, his cover of Patience is really fun. Um, and But yeah, it's it's just really well produced and I am so happy to hear something new from Chris Cornell um, because like the last couple of things they've put out that were like unreleased songs and stuff like that, I just wasn't impressed with. And it's kind of one of those things where sometimes I'm like, I don't know, unless it's, really something new do we have to keep um milking people's estates uh you know songs that they've right. done 
but in this situation, I was really happy with it. I think they'd given enough time where, you know, it wasn't right as he died. And um, I, I think it's a, a fine album. So, yeah, uh, check it out. It's on Spotify and other music places. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the newest stuff. I also, I know Greg and I both listened to Paul McCartney's album that came out in December. And mm-hmm. that was, um, I think Greg liked it better than I did, but I know that two tracks in particular I loved. Um, what songs on that stayed out uh, stood out to you, or do you remember? Uh, I think the name of the song is Sliding. was easily yes. my favorite track on, oh, on the record. So um, yeah. That one was uh, just tremendous. Um, almost like a, like, a, like a rockin', bluesy song from Paul that sounded nothing like anything else on the record. Um, I thought uh, Long-Tailed Winter Bird is a good song. Uh, I can understand the complaint that it might go a little bit too long, mm-hmm. but the, the riff itself is excellent. Um, I thought Women and Wives is pretty good. Deep, Deep Feeling is interesting. Lavatory Lil is a fun song. And mm-hmm. um, and then a, the closing track, Winter Bird, When Winter Comes, is a nice kind of uh, closeout. I don't think it's as good nearly as his last two albums before this. Right, uh, no, I definitely but, I agree with that. but I also, but I also think it wasn't necessarily meant to. I think this was a guy that was, you know, he was bored at home during the pandemic, and so he just decided to record a bunch of songs. And um, and I thought we well, take that in mind, and he plays all the instruments and produces himself. I think it turned out right. pretty well, so. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, Sladen is definitely the standout, and I agree with you. The opening track, um, uh, "Long Tailed Winter Bird," those are the two that grabbed me the most. Um, cause they were just more energetic or at least felt more energetic than the others. Um, but yeah, it, just really happy to have any new music. I've been very happy that a lot of bands or solo musicians have started releasing stuff. Um, because for a while, I think everybody was holding onto their albums because they couldn't tour it. But now I think my thing is if you're big enough that you have a fan base, like people will still buy it. Um, and we're desperate for it. And I mean, and when you eventually can tour again, we'll come see you. You know, it's like, um, I understand the whole idea of typically you've put out an album and you tour behind it. Um, and I get that. And like some probably little bands, maybe that's necessary to hold on to it. But I think established artists can get away with go ahead and put it out. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Um, yeah, I was I was very happy with the Foo Fighters when they finally decided to put it out because they had shelved theirs because theirs was supposed to come out in 2020, um, but they originally were holding on to it. And I'm like, guys, y'all are so ridiculously rich and famous. Like people and one like still sell stadiums out. Like y'all will be able to do that for at least another five years. So like you don't have to have the momentum of an album to do that. Because I I. I not to sully the name even worse of concrete and gold, but like that stadium tour sold so well. And I'm sorry, I don't believe it was on the strength of that album. I think it was just on the strength of the band. Wouldn't you right, agree? Right. People, yeah, I agree. People wanted to see the, the Foo Fighters. They didn't want to, they weren't, it's not like that album suddenly created a whole bunch of brand new Foo Fighters fans that wanted to go see them. I think maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I feel the same way as you. And I think it's that way for most you know, at this point, if you're most Metallica fans are already Metallica fans, so yeah. even if they put out the best album that they've ever done, it's likely you're if you're buying a ticket, you were probably already a fan of theirs, right? So, um, all right, well, we've 
definitely done current spins. So I guess we'll get into the first segment of the um, show. It's going to be a um, we'll do part before the break and then we'll do the other part afterwards. But we're going to do first, we're going to pick our top five favorite Foo Fighter albums. Um, I didn't want to do like I did last time and just go chronologically through. No, I didn't last time do chronologically, but I, I didn't want to do that. Uh, last time I just uh, ranked all of them. And I'm like, no, I just want to really uh, narrow it down just to my favorite five. And that's very, very hard. Um, I'm sure Greg feels the same way. Um, of course, yeah. Uh, so, um, and I, I will say this just to lead into it. Uh, I am, my list is fluid. Like I, at this moment, I feel fairly comfortable with the order I put them in. But I know the order would change uh, any given day, and even occasionally one of the, maybe my bottom, my fifth one might switch out with one of those those that didn't make it this time. Um, it just that's how strong most of their albums are, and how much I love the band. Um, but at this moment in time, this is my top five. Um, so, Greg, what is your fifth? Um, favorite Foo Fighter album coming in at number five maybe something of a surprise to you David because I know I've actually been very soft on this album uh and it's still I think the the gap between four and five is pretty strong here but going going back and listening I think this this album is is much more consistent than I remembered um I don't think that there are uh as many high points on this as there are on other albums but nonetheless, it doesn't have the low points of some of the albums that missed my cut. So I'm going to go at number five with Sonic Highways. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this was, of course, uh, tied in with the uh, HBO series that, uh, that Dave Grohl did um, called Sonic Highways, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it came out, uh, oh gosh, what was the year? Um, the 2014. Year 2014. And um, it kind of... It, flew under the radar for me a little bit. I mean, it was a prominent release, certainly, but because I had watched the series, I had already heard virtually all the songs by the time it came out, and I think that might have knocked a little bit of the uh, Im- impressiveness off of it for me. And uh, But nonetheless, listening to it this past time, uh, Something From Nothing is a really good opener. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, 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 the high point of the, of the, of the album, pro- arguably, for me anyway, is Congregation. Uh, yes. which is one of the oh, yeah. singles. I think that's that's one of one of their better songs in their entire catalog, I think. Uh, that one featured Zach Brown uh, guesting on it. Uh, what Did I Do? God Is My Witness is a pretty good song uh, with Gary Clark Jr. Um, Feast in the Famine and Outside are probably two that I'm not a big fan of. They're probably the reasons that docked this album from ranking higher. Uh, but In the Clear is good. Subterranean's good. And I Am a River is really good. I had actually forgotten about that song, David. And listening to it this past time, uh, it was probably my second favorite song on the album. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, my most listen, my most recent listen to that album and rewatching the uh, documentary because I just rewatched it uh, within the past month or two. Um, put that one way higher. Originally, I don't know why. I guess because it's a little slow to start with. I found it boring, so I am the river mm-hmm. never grabbed me. But this most recent listen, I was like, holy crap, now I see why Russell loved it so much. Um, Because I'm like, I know, he loves this album. Um, 
but yeah that that's that's a very strong track yeah it it really stood out to me this time in a way that it that it didn't um uh, before so i thought that one was that one was actually may have I, I you know it's right up there with congregation but so that that's my number five album david uh, how about Sweet. yours well my number five um is uh one that i don't think will be on your list uh and that is uh one by one um like I go back to this album and I sometimes wonder why I love it so much. Like it starts so strong with uh, all my life. And then it has the amazing single times like these, but I'll agree with Dave Grohl that like a lot of the songs on there, I mean, they don't play anymore, but for me, that doesn't mean it's a bad album. Like for me, it still did what I wanted it to at the time. Like it, it's the first album I had right in real time with them. Like I got there is nothing left to lose. Um, maybe a year or so after it came out, but like uh, one by one, like as soon as it came out, I grabbed it, and so I think that could be partly why it grabs me so much and why I love it so much. But um, it's definitely sounds like it's recorded in a garage, um, and um, some of the tracks kind of meander a little bit in there. But I don't know. There's just something about it that I just adore um with tracks uh such as uh have it all um uh disenchanted lullaby I, I adore that song um tired of you is a really cool song because it has uh brian may doing some um of his uh signature style guitar work and it's kind of bizarre because it's on a very mellow track but it works um halo is good uh, lonely as you overdrive burn away i mean like for me i i like the whole album i mean i like the all the tracks but i do understand that um really out of their singles only two of them really charted that well and did you know kind of had stay in power um but yeah so uh one by one it's just one of those i understand why with some people it doesn't resonate the same way um but i i still think it's a very strong album and a very fun album and something i found out I shouldn't say for the first time because I've watched this documentary multiple times, but I uh, rewatched uh, Back and Forth yesterday, their documentary that came out in 2011, right before Waste and Light came out. And Times Like These was not added until when he came back to re record the album. Um, their first version, their million dollar album they recorded, did not have Times Like These. Um, and I think without that single, the album would not have done nearly as well. So I, I think no question. it's probably a really good thing that um, they shelved it. He went on the tour uh, with Queens of the Stone Age playing drums and then came back with times like these. They played it together. They enjoyed it. They gelled better than they gelled during the original recording of the album. And then they threw it together in a week. That's probably what hurt the album was doing it in a week, but um, still like, it's a great album, and yeah, that song, it's, um, <laughs> that's incredible to me. I, the, the thought of that album coming out without that song, I mean, that's one of their most popular songs of all time. I, I can't imagine it. Can you? No. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, um, I guess that's enough said about that album. But yeah, that was that was just something I'd forgotten about, was that that, that wouldn't have been on there. So, um, 
Yeah, the this album obviously is not one of my favorites, but uh, I did when I was listening back through this this t- uh, recently. I did find that I liked the uh, other than times like these, other than all my life and low. I really liked the song "Tired of You." Mm-hmm. That actually almost made my you know almost made another list of mine. So, uh, but nice. yeah, it was it was really really good song on a, on an album that that I think gets overlooked. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like I said, the Tired of You is the one that has Brian May guitar work on, and that's pretty cool because, like I said, his his guitar style typically is featured more because it's layered and it's um, I can't think of the style of it, but it's um, typically on like big rock songs. But it it really works on Tired of You the way that you do it. Um, so anyway, um, what's your number four, Greg? My number four album uh, is, this won't surprise you, because this has been one of my favorites for a long time. For a while, it was my favorite Foo Fighters album. But number four for me is In Your Honor. This is the double album uh, that came out in, again, I'm, I'm blanking on the year here, 2005. Dave. 2005. We were in college, of course. Mm-hmm. And this this album's always, always stood out to me as having so many great riffs, particularly on, on the first side, which is more of the... I guess you would say the heavy side of the album, uh, pretty much all killer, no filler on side one. It's like, it's tremendous. Disc one is, is so good. In Your Honor, the, the opener that leads right into uh, No Way Back, Best of You, which is actually probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. Uh, but but then again, DOA is awesome. The song Hell is awesome. Especially if you're angry, this is a great album. If you're just going through something and you're on a road trip and you just want to put the window down and just scream to the heavens, this is a great album for that. The last song, or scream to the hells. True, and you can do that through the song <laughs> Hell. And uh, Free Me is another good one that I love singing. Uh, Resolve is a great, great song. The deepest blues are black is one of their best songs, in my opinion. End over end is good. So all great there. And then they completely flip the script on disc two and go acoustic. And they hit us with songs like Still and What If I Do and Miracle, which is a, another one of my favorite uh, of their songs because it sounds so personal to Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Round is awesome. Friend of a Friend, of course, people most people know that that's a song that sort of got uh, overtones related to uh, the prior band Nirvana. Right. Uh, in, in some regards, um, over and out on the mend, uh, cold day in the sun, which has Taylor Hawkins on ver- vocals, a song that I used to not like and now do. Nice. And Razor uh, is really good. So this this album for me, David, and as far as the one that I've listened to the most, is probably between this one and Wasting Light. And this one, I just jam on road trips. I love it to this day. You know, maybe that would help this album with me, um, because I agree that first disc is. Um, so energetic and so many great guitar riffs and the drums are popping and like it's just um, definitely some of the most rocking stuff. Uh, sadly for me, like th- there's not enough standout tracks on it like to me. Like I like them, but like it's just not stuff I sing to. Like it's not songs that get stuck in my head if that makes any sense as far as like the lyrics. Like it's just for me, I get the guitar riff or the drum part kind of going in my head but that's really it um other than this most recent listen was free me that i um was uh screaming along with um before i realized i'm gonna blow my voice um 
so which would be a great easy thing to, to do. do on this easy to do on this album uh right. even on the opener in your honor i will in your honor i would die tonight yeah if you've ever tried to scream that out that'll blow your vocal cords out real quick. right yeah i was trying to scream along with some of this stuff yesterday i'm like you're recording tomorrow you might not need to scream um you know do the dave girl scream <laughs> when you're about to record so um but yeah it's it's a good album it, it is i'm not trying to crap on your album uh, choice but uh, for me the the second disc kind of bores me a little bit uh and what saves the album for me the songs anyway is uh skin and bones the concert if you've ever seen that obviously i know you have um but mm. uh listeners if y'all have never seen that watch it it's actually currently on youtube foo fighters this year or 2020 they put up uh both the wembley uh show and skin and bones in their entirety on there for free i mean you have to do with a few commercials i think but um so good and for me it elevates uh so many songs from their catalog but especially the second disc that outside of miracle and another round um and maybe cold day in the sun i just don't grab me the same way um but but yeah done on skin and bones i think they do they almost all of them grab me so anyway sorry uh uh probably foreshadowed too much that it's not on my list because it's not but um a lot of good stuff on there i can see why it's on yours i remember you falling in love with this album like it was <laughs> back when you know people used cd players and i remember greg borrowing this for me for a long time um which is fine because i had it ripped on my computer but i um yeah, I just remember you falling in love with it, and I was just so happy it made you such a huge Foo Fighters fan. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you really were before that, were you? No, not not really. I like I like some of their songs. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I loved you know Monkey Wrench and Everlong and uh, Breakout and uh, the one from the OC soundtrack. I think it was right. Orange uh, County soundtrack. Sorry, and uh, uh, so I liked all. I like pretty much all the Foo Fighters singles, but I never was into their albums really until In Your Honor and that's that really started me down the path of delving into their prior albums and really uh, getting into the band as a whole. Right. So this is really the album that's responsible for my fandom. Understandable. Like I said, the, the energy from that first disc, I get it for sure. And like I said, I'm not trying to crap on your album by no means, but it's just, um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't grab me the same way it does Greg or a lot of people. Um, and, Oh, before I leave it, I will definitely say, you mentioned best of you being your least favorite i loathed that song until kind of recently i kind of started appreciating it again on this most recent listen i don't know why um because it's annoyed the hell out of me for years now that that's like one of their biggest songs and like when he would do it live he still screams even though he's doing it acoustic and that just for me doesn't work but doesn't make the song any less powerful and i'm glad it works for people it just won't be in my favorite songs list that's for sure right. um so anyway i guess i'll go to my number four um and this is one i can't really explain to you and the listeners properly why this makes my list other than this album just resonates with me um and always has um and that is echo silence patience and grace um i mean i know why the first two tracks grab me the pretender and let it die are incredible um 
two of their best uh, heavy songs. And it's just such a great way to start an album. Um, and it features some other uh, good rock songs on there for sure. But it's got a good mixture of mellow stuff on there too that like I will always love. Like I enjoy um, Summer's End. I enjoy Statues, but honestly, um, and Home, like I love that. And one rock song I overlooked was Come Alive. I think it's a really strong song. Um, I shockingly don't like Long Road to Ruin, which was one of the singles off of this. But because of how much I love what I love on the album, it is just always, it's resonated with me. And it's just one I go back to on a very regular basis. So it's my number four. Um, uh, yeah. I, I always I always try every few years to to listen to this one and see if it catches me more and it, it just no it's not as bad as I as I remember thinking it was at one time. Um, there are it's not a bad album by any means, but it's just every time I listen to it, it just doesn't grab me the way it does you and a lot of our other friends. Um, I just you know there's some good songs. There's some I don't want to spoil it, but one of the songs on this album ends up uh, on another list of mine later on, but. I knew it would. <laughs> the uh, the great the uh, the pretender the um, uh, what was the second the second song Let on the record? Die. Let it die. They're both great songs, and um, there are so many uh, so many good songs. The ballad of the Beaconsfield Miners is really good mm-hmm. and different from anything the Foo Fighters have ever done. It's the closest. The ironically enough, for a band that's so heavy, it's the closest they ever sounded to Led Zeppelin to me because. When I'm listening to that song, if it pops up on a random shuffle, sometimes I have to remind myself that it's not a Jimmy Page number. It's yeah, that it could acoustic. have fit on um, Led Zeppelin 3, couldn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely would have fit in on Led Zeppelin 3, or Side 2 of Physical Graffiti, even. True, yeah. Um, it's that sort of Jimmy Page uh, acoustic picking style that I like a lot. So, yeah, there's some good stuff on this. Yeah, I found it funny, uh, uh, once again, the back and forth, that uh, Dave almost forgot to put this on the album because... Um, when there was the um, minor, well, the collapse, and the guys trapped down there in the mines for a long time in Australia, um, when he found out that uh, they had requested an iPod with Foo Fighters music, Dave was just touched that, like, well, you know, these people were in such a bad situation, but also that they love Foo Fighters so much that that's what they asked for. So um, he sent a message that uh, once whenever they toured Australia the next time that they were, they'd have two free tickets to the show and he'd have a beer with them. Um, and so um, he said, he met up with, I don't know if he got to meet with both the guys, but he met up with one of the guys um, and they hung out drinking all night. And um, he promised them during that moment that he'd write a song for him or no, he'd already written a song for him, I think at that point, but he promised it would make it on the album. Um, and yeah, he said he, he was putting together the album and he was like, oh crap, I promised that dude I'd put it on there. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to go back on my words. So it's <laughs> kind of funny that he almost didn't do that. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that one resonates with you. Yeah, it's a good song for sure. Um, and I have never even thought about the Led Zeppelin thing until you said it. Um, so yeah, um, it's it, like I say, there's definitely some weak parts of the album, but what res what does resonate with me is so strongly resonate with me that it just it will always be up there with me so um so i guess that takes me to your number three what is your third my third pick is going to shock a lot of people because 
a lot of people will probably have this as their number one choice. I would suggest that the majority of Foo Fighters fans would have this as their number one choice, but not me. For me, my number three pick is the outstanding album, The Color and the Shape. Or, as I like to stylize it, The Color and the Shape. This is, of course, the Foo Fighters' big breakout record, their second album, the one that really put the band on the map and put this Dave Grohl project on the map with uh, the songs, of course, Everlong, which is their biggest song ever, uh, but also Monkey Wrench, My Hero. I mean, just three songs that are still played in regular rotation on uh, aging this enough on classic rock radio. Even now, we're starting to hear some of these songs. <laughs> right. And, uh, certainly on mainstream rock radio, we're still hearing all of these uh, all of these records. So, it's it's a uh, it's it's tr- it's a tremendous album. There's there's nothing negative I can say about it. I love this album. I still to this day love this album. Listening through it again uh, a little bit today, it holds up incredibly well. The riffs are great. The drums are powerful. It's uh, there's just not much I could say negative about it. Uh, February Stars is a song that doesn't get enough attention. Yes. You know, if you haven't played through this album on, uh, was it Rock Band or Guitar Hero that lets you play through the album that we downloaded? Mm, One of I think those. It was two. Rock Band. Yeah, we. I remember I talked you into um, buying this one on there so we could play it, and yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than than that. And uh, you know, Dave is still playing the drums on the album, and he's it's his distinctive style. It's so good. Enough space. Walking after you is a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song, and they did an even better version of it on Skin and Bones years later. So, yeah, I'm I'm super high on this record. The only thing I could say that is why it's at number three instead of number one is because that's how much I love the two that are above it. Well, good to know. Yeah, I'm uh, very good pick. Um, sorry, I muted myself for a second there because if you heard my clap, it was because I was trying to kill a gnat, and I was thought I was going to get another chance to kill him. So I was. Um, I muted my mic for a second there, but yeah, this album is incredible. Um, and funnily enough, um, it's actually on my last time I did a Foo Fighters uh, ranking three years ago. I think I put it number one, but it is actually my number three this time. Wow! Um, because two albums have actually soared above it for me. But this album, yeah, I, I didn't get into it at the time. Like I, I know I've shared on the podcast several times. Um, our local rock radio was much more of a classic rock radio. And so they'd play some new stuff on there, but not like they did with their same five um, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin and uh, Aerosmith and a few other people songs. Like, so like, I just didn't know about a lot of these albums as they came out. So I guess I got this album in college, but I'd heard, obviously I'd heard my hero um, and, uh, probably ever long but definitely my hero i'd heard a lot um i think it was on a soundtrack i think at some point um but um this album has such a great sequencing um i think that's why often it's my uh number one because it blends so beautifully between the mellow stuff and the rocking stuff like it doesn't allow it to get boring because um they spent so much time figuring out what order it needed to be in to flow the best. And it was mixed so beautifully. And as you pointed out, Dave Grohl's very distinctive drumming. I, I, as much as I hate it because it, um, 
uh, I feel bad for the original drummer that he um, he didn't use any of his drum tracks. But like, if it was so different um, from this, then it was the right move um, because I can't imagine this with less distinctive drums. Can uh, I? I think a lot of this would not land the same way without the distinctive drums, especially songs like "My Hero," which are very drum filled and very drum kind of led almost. Um, so yeah, I, I adore this album. Uh, I am blanking a little bit on some of my love for it, but I, I know February stars, Greg threw a love out too. And yeah, it's great. Walking after you, walking after you was on, um, the 1990s X-Files movie, um, or whatever year that came out, the, uh, fight the future. Um, that was where I think I first heard that song and I fell in love with it for sure. Um, and so, yeah, it's, a just, a a great album. Uh, New Way Home is really good too. Do you remember that one? Vaguely, not as, not as well as I remember the others. Yeah. It's, um, got the distinctive, um, uh, kind of fade out and then it comes back in really strong. I think it was their first time that I did that and it just works so well for me. Um, I love songs that kind of feel like they go through movements and build and kind of mellow with the build again, you know? So yeah, it's a, it's a very good album. So uh, that's pretty cool that we both put it at number three. Um, like, like I said, I wonder uh, if our other two are going to line up. I think, I think it'll be the same two albums. I don't know if it'll be in the same order, but let's get to it. Let's find out. What's your number two? Well, without any further ado, my number two pick, and this was a tough one, David. This one vacillated back and forth for quite some time in my mind, but I, I settled on this for now as of most recent re-listens, and, and I can trace it to one reason why there's a separation here uh, slightly. Number two is the 2011 modern hard rock classic Wasting Light by mm-hmm. the Foo Fighters. And this, this album kind of came out of left field in 2011, as I mentioned, and just caught, caught the world by storm and caught me by storm as well. Because while I was a huge Foo Fighters fan, loved them to death, I was not a huge fan of Echoes and Silence, as I mentioned earlier. And so I was kind of like, you know, let's see what this is. Let's see how this goes. The first single from it was amazing, which was Rope. And uh, that gave me a lot of hope for this record. And then it came out. And like I said, in some ways, you could very well make the argument this is their best album. Because if you're looking at just from a pure hard rock standpoint, this is their best album. Because from beginning to end, it is high energy rocking badass music i mean there's no uh, this is uh, great songs yes let me let me list some of the great songs bridge burning rope uh white limo which has really grown on me in recent years not as good as the other ones but really good arlandria these days uh a matter of time miss the misery i should have known and of course walk which was their biggest hit off the album so this record just it, it kicks off with Maybe my favorite, my second favorite Foo Fighters opening track, Bridge Burning, sets the tone for what turns into just this perfect album. Um, I, I listen to this to this day, and I listen to the entire record I, to this day, 
and never get tired of it. It stands out from their catalog. It stands out from just about anybody's catalog. And the only thing that keeps it from the number one spot on the most recent re-listens is I'm not high on on uh, one or two of these songs as much as the others. Uh, Dear Rosemary is okay. Uh, Back and Forth is one that, meh, it's just kind of there. And because those songs are not great, that separates it from the number one spot. But number two, I'm comfortable with. And honestly, a lot of times, David, I could put this out at number one because that's how much I love Wasting Light. I can listen to it to this day. It's got incredible guitar, incredible drums, some of Dave's best vocals on a song like These Days. And he's just tremendous throughout the album. And it's a full band effort. I also love the recording techniques they used in there, kind of sort of analog approach to recording. Big fan of this one. Yes, uh, it's it's incredible. And for that reason, I'll talk about it a little later. Um, because on my most re- recent re-listen to all their albums, um, where this is normally lower on my list, it it was amplified. And so I went with, uh, uh, for my number two album, I went with There's Nothing Left to Lose. Um, that is typically, I think it's always number two, but I, um, uh, maybe occasionally it's number one, but anyway, uh, it is a very good album. It's just gorgeous, uh, throughout a lot of it. It's got one of the most badass openers, Stacked Actors, that comes out of left field. When I bought this album, all I knew by Foo Fighters was Learn to Fly and Breakout. Maybe my hero. Um, so I was not expecting Stacked Actors. Like, <laughs> when I popped it in, um, and I hear him screaming along, um, you know, line up the bastards and all this stuff, I was just like, what in the <laughs> world is going on? Yeah. Um, uh, and is, is it Cry When They All Die Blonde? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, I, think I think so, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, what is going on here? And so, like, I remember, like, turning the volume down because I didn't want my mom hearing uh, him screaming about bastards. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but, like, I, of course, loved it. And I was just like, this is incredible. Um, so, yeah, so I had that. And then, um, of course, I already knew Breakout and Learn to Fly and loved them both. Um off the strength of the music videos and probably TRL is where I was seeing those. But like, yeah, those are so good. At the time, I wasn't as into the more mellow stuff as the album goes along. Um, over the last 10 years, I've fallen in love with pretty much the entire album. Like, it is so good. Um, it's Taylor's first time at drums on the album uh, uh, mm-hmm. with their recording. And man, and boy, does he make an impression? Yes, like I, I don't know um, who is the better drummer, but they both are so distinctive. Like they both have such a heavy-handed, in a good way, style um, and intricate that it just it even like the mellow songs. Like it, they still he does intricate stuff and it works. Uh, like he doesn't lose the beat. He doesn't lose anything when he does this extra stuff. Like it just. It works so well. So, like, if you can't have Dave Grohl playing drums for your band, then Taylor Hawkins is definitely <laughs> a good choice. And so, yeah, I, I adore this album. 
uh, the more mellow stuff, like I can kind of feel the relaxed vibe of this album. Um, is this was the first one they recorded um, at a studio Dave created in his house in Virginia. And it is just, you can kind of feel that in the back half of it. Like it's just them having fun and them um, just enjoying being a band because at that point they were a three piece. At that point they had um, lost their guitarist. Um, and uh, of course, not long before that, they had fired the, or not fired, but lost the drummer from the, uh, after Dave recorded the uh, drums for the second album. So like um, they just were cementing their friendship of um, Nate Mendel, Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl. And yeah, they just, um, they barbecued all the time. They hung out at the house and just had fun. And <laughs> I was noticing this most recent time Dave mentions in the documentary, he recorded all the vocals while sitting on his couch. Um, he's like, that's incredible. Yeah, he's like, you don't hear that, you know, from um, other bands. And he's like, when they won the Grammy for this album, he's like, he's like, I bet we're the only band that recorded this in a home studio and you know barbecued and sat on a couch while recording vocals. <laughs> he's like, um, so it's like it was just a really cool moment for the band because um, I mean, really trying to live up to uh color in the shape is way it was so successful um it had a lot of ground to break and also i think not only the growing pans of the band they had a hard time recording the second album like they really um it took them a long time so i think this time they just wanted to have fun and it shows like i can hear the band having fun so i'm mm-hmm. sorry i've probably gone on too long without it but that's just why i adore this album um so i'm guessing it's your number one is is it not that is indeed my number one selection it is there is nothing left to lose uh for all the reasons you said uh it's it's the kind of album that most bands could just quit making albums after this because (laughs) they've made something perfect i think they took all of that greatness that they showed and the color and the shape and they harnessed and they molded that greatness into something even greater with this album. Uh, they took, I think it's an improvement over what was already a, a nearly flawless album in Color and the Shape. From the greatest album opener in the Foo Fighters catalog to the best radio hit in the Foo Fighters catalog, arguably, with Learn to Fly. to uh, And best video. <laughs> and best video, for sure. Absolutely the best video. And... Uh, a great anthem song like Breakout that's one of their funnest, most fun songs. Sorry, not funnest. What am I? What am I, 12? Uh, but one of their most fun songs to play at concerts, uh, to hear at concerts next year, which is such a good song that they used it in the show Ed, uh, which is, I will, again, take this opportunity to complain that Ed is not available on DVD or on I will, video I will second that because I never saw the show, but everything I've heard about the show, I know it's for me like i would love it that show introduced me to this song i had never heard the song next year until then and uh, a song like uh, generator aurora live in skin gimme stitches is awesome headwires ain't it the life mia i mean this album is perfect from beginning to end there is nothing i'd change about it there's no song i'd take out there's no song i'd replace i love every one of these songs they're great uh the worst song on this album is still good and the best songs are among the best that they ever recorded. It's it flies by. The total length, according to Wikipedia, is forty six minutes and nineteen seconds, and it feels like twenty minutes when you listen to it. It just mm-hmm. flies by. 
highest recommendation to me. Uh, it says a lot because Wasting Light is so amazing. But this one, this one edges out just a little. And the reason that it edges it out just a little bit is it's a little more well-rounded of an album. In terms of Wasting Light has one pace, and that's straight ahead. Uh, rocking songs. This one has some slowdown songs, like Next Year in particular stands out as one that, that kind of uh, changes the pace a little bit and gives it just a slight edge for me, but can't go wrong with either one of them. Um, I might listen to this song again after, or this album again after we get off this podcast. Nice. Now, since you mentioned uh, Weakest, what would you consider the weakest on there, or can you tell me that? <sighs> I'm honestly not sure, because some of the songs that, that I'm having a hard time remembering in my in my head right now, I would say probably maybe... Maybe MIA might be my least favorite. Oh, wow. Yeah, or, or Ain't It the Life might be as well. Those two would be probably the ones that are lowest, but they're still really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I love I love all these other songs so much that I just couldn't uh, couldn't say any of the other ones. Um, yeah, Headwires is one that I liked a lot that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that song at all until today, and uh, that really stood out to me when I listened to the record. Yeah, Headwires is so strong. It's one... I too sadly forget sometimes. Um, yeah, it's oh god, it's so good. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, I guess it's my turn for number one. And like I said, this shocked me as I was putting it together. I I seriously did not know what my top three would be like, or what order my top three would be until today, um, because I love the top three so much. But my number one has to be Wasting Light. And let me start by saying I'm a drummer, not nearly as good of a drummer as either one of these guys, but I'm a drummer. So you put out an album like this that starts so incredibly rocking with such incredible drum work um, as bridge burning and rope, like it, you're going to, it's going to be high for me, you know, just based off those two songs alone. Um, and then you go into a song that I really like, uh, Dear Rosemary. Um, I, I don't know, like it just, it stands out to me so much. And White Limo, I originally did not like because of the constantly screaming vocals. Um, Same. But it grew on me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was based on the instrumentation. Like the instrumentation is so much fun and like a, um, an 80s metal song, uh, which is what it was inspired by. I think it was inspired by um, Motorhead kind of stuff. And um, and it also, too, had a kind of fun music video. Um, but it, I, it's all so good. Like, I, um, the only songs that don't grab me as much would probably be maybe Back and Forth and Sometimes Matter of Time doesn't really grab me. Um, but everything else is killer like it is so good um these days i remember first listening to this album and i knew that would have to be a single because it was just so strong and dave's vocals were at their best uh, the kind of the signature um aggressive emotive dave Grohl mm-hmm. uh, vocal so yeah it just made sense that this would later be a single rope was actually to me a weird choice for a first single I remember hearing it and loving it, but thinking this is so different than anything else they've ever put out as a single. Um, but obviously it worked. <laughs> um, and then I'll say, yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's say Bridge Burning Rope, Dear Rosemary, 
uh, Orlandria is great these days. And of course, I should have known. That is so haunting. Like, I remember when I first started listening to this album, because of the emotional impact of that song, I would skip it sometimes because it is very emotionally heavy. And especially knowing that he got uh, Chris Novoselic or Novoselic, however you say his name, um, for the first time to record with him on this uh, on this song. Um, like, it's so heavy. Like, it, uh, and I don't mean, I mean, emotionally heavy. Um, and yeah, it's so strong. And then of course, Walk is a really great single. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a great album. Anybody listen to this episode, especially if they made it this far in the episode. If you haven't listened to this album, you know, as soon as this is over, <laughs> I would say um, definitely pop on, pop in in this or uh, there's nothing left to lose. And I'd be shocked if you didn't love them. Um, totally agree. Yeah. And I, I guess the thing I undersold on this album is obviously the guitar works incredible, but like with me being a drummer, like I, I remember like after getting this album, I'm, almost immediately wanted to go try to play some of this. And I remember spending a long time learning certain parts of bridge burning um, and having to like rearrange uh, my friend Andy's drum set where I could actually hit the cymbal fast enough with all the snare work um, <laughs> because it's so fast. And, um, but after doing that, I could play most of it. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, that's our, that's our top five Foo Fighters albums. Like I said, I'm not. Uh, there's been uh, nine albums. This, their new one will be their tenth. Um, there's a lot of other good stuff out there. Um, their debut, I normally overlook a lot, but it's got a lot of good stuff on there for a solo effort. Um, it's it's good stuff too. Um, all, mm-hmm. Like I said, all their stuff is good. Um, I hated leaving Sonic Highways off this because I fell in love with that album way more. This most watch, most recent watch of the documentary. Um, but it's just when you have that much good work, it's, it's hard to, <laughs> you know, you can't fit it all in there. Um, so, um, do you have anything else you want to say about the top five albums? No, I think we covered it, man. That was a, it was a pretty good rundown of, uh, what I think are the, uh, are the five best and, and, and your choices were all excellent as well. Well, thank you. Let's one more time for the listeners. Let's say what our top five is quickly. Well, say yours from five to one. At five, I had Sonic Highways. At four, I had In Your Honor. At three, I had The Kalure and The Shape. At two, I had Wasting Light. And at one, I had There Is Nothing Left to Lose. All right. And it, from me, I had at five, One by One. At four, Echo Silence, Patience and Grace. At three, The Kalure and The Shape. And then two, Nothing Left to Lose. No, sorry, There Is Nothing Left to Lose. And then one, Wasting Light. Um, so, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, obviously, all you're going to hear is a song here, and then we'll be right back with the second part, which will be shorter, but it will still be very much worth listening to. So we'll be right back. bit more Foo Fighters discussion. So, I mean, obviously, you might have seen this in the description, but in case you didn't, we'll tell you what the second half is. And it's actually probably not going to be quite half of the episode because there's no current spins. But anyway, 
we picked our 10 favorite Foo Fighters songs. And I'll apologize to Greg here. I, the way I worded it, I said top 10. So he actually ranked his. I didn't rank mine because I was still changing mine until moments before recording. Um, as I've already mentioned, I love this band like immensely. So um, it's very hard and painful to <laughs> just pick 10. But um, real quick before we do that, I wanted to catch Greg off guard and ask him a quick question. Okay. About Foo Fighters. Um, obviously, Foo Fighters have done some covers over the years. Do you have a favorite Foo Fighters cover? Yes. Or just comes in? Okay. Yes. I almost put it on a top 10 list, actually. Uh, their cover of Prince's song, Darling Nikki. Oh, is, uh, okay. is one of my favorite cover songs by any band. I love it. I actually like it better than the original, um, which is saying a lot because I'm a huge Prince fan, and the original is great. But I freaking love their take on it. It's awesome. If you haven't heard it, go go to YouTube or something and, and, and listen to it because it's tremendous. Yeah, it's a great cover. I, um, I'm i trying to remember. I've, I haven't heard the Prince version very much, but yeah, I definitely love the Foo Fighters version. I thought you were going to say uh, Have a Cigar, which is really good. Um, but I want to throw a really random one to you. If you're bored, look up uh, Dave Grohl covering Maybe I'm Amazed. Mm, very um, good. Or Jones. And I've never heard Dave sing so well. Like, I bet he practiced that so many times to hit those high notes. Um, and yeah, so um, anyway, uh, I just wanted to, that hit me earlier. And I'm like, I want to ask Greg that. So anyway, so let's get to our top 10 songs. Uh, what is your number 10? Uh, a song off of uh, In Your Honor, and it's one that, that is, it stands out to me both for the message and for the song itself. It's one that uh, I often find myself singing the, the chorus uh, in times of difficulty, and that is Resolve. Mm. Um, that is, a, you know, the, the chorus is a little bit of Resolve is what I need now. Um, and so I, I think that song is tremendous, great riff, great, uh, great hook. Um, one of their better songs that I wish I got a little bit more radio play, got radio play, but I wish I gotten even more, uh, cause it's, it's one that a lot of people could probably do to listen to, uh, one of my faves. Yeah. It's one I'd forgotten about. And it definitely is a standout on this most recent listen. Um, sadly didn't make my list. Um, all right. Mine aren't ranked, so I can just say whichever one and I can narrow it down as we talk all right i'm going to st start with home um off of echo silence patience and grace yeah it's where the title comes from to me it is my favorite um kind of emotionally heavy um just it's a song i feel very deeply like even though i don't tour the road like foo fighters do there's something about sometimes you just you long for home, you long to be around loved ones like you. It's just something I think that's so. Uh, you know, it resonates with everybody or it should or it probably does. Uh, uh, you miss certain things, you miss your home, you miss childhood, you miss, you know, something like that. You just that feeling. And so that song has always been so beautiful to me. It's uh, one of the only Foo Fighters songs to have such a prominent piano part featured. But it is so gorgeous and such a beautiful way to end an album. Um, so I have to throw Great love song. to home. Great song. Uh, what's your number nine? Same album, uh, but a different song. And uh, Home almost made my list, but this one edged it out. Stranger Things Have Happened. 
mm-hmm. uh, from from Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace. And it, it is one of their well, obviously, I consider one of their best songs. Uh, great acoustic riff. It's haunting. I, I would say is a good word to describe it. One of their more haunting yes. songs. And it almost sounds like Dave smoking a cigarette and kind of playing this song to himself at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, even the opening lyrics, having sort of a curse word in the opening lyric, is uh, mm-hmm. is pretty bold for them. And it stands out. It's a, it's a great great tune. And I actually this is one that wasn't originally on my list, and I listened to it today, and I was like, oh, I've got to get that in. I will go ahead and say that as my next song because. Uh... From the time I heard this album, as much as I was wanting more rocking songs, I heard that really cool acoustic, uh, kind of bluesy um, riff. Um, and just the way he sang it, it just, it spoke to me. Um, and it's so cool. It stands out because, as Greg said, it does sound like he's just sitting there by himself. And I think it is just him on this track. I don't think anybody else does anything the little click you hear i think is actually just a metronome to help him keep time uh i don't think it's anybody doing any um rim shots like sometimes you do to keep time but anyway it is so good it is uh probably the most i mean not the most unique but it's probably one of their most five unique songs like they've ever done definitely not something i think anybody ever would have expected and it saddens me immensely i've never heard a live version of this um not saying they never played it live but they definitely didn't when we saw them and i've never seen footage of it i'm actually gonna probably go look for that after this but uh if you've never heard it you gotta look it up it's beautiful um so what's your number eight uh my number eight uh is their biggest radio hit which was learn to fly off of there is nothing left to lose this is just a fun this song puts me in a happy mood like there's no way like if i'm there's no way to listen to this song and feel worse after you listen to it. There's just no way. <laughs> right. it's, it puts me in a good mood. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I'll listen to this song if I need some songs to pet me up. Um, it remind, it, it peps me up for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's just a, a very uh, peppy song in general. It's got a great pop riff. You know, It chugs along. And then also it reminds me of the time that it came out. It reminds me of 1999 and 2000 and where I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the fun times and and uh, music conversations and sitting in computer lab listening to this uh, to this song. So uh, yeah, this this song made my list. I knew it was going to. It's one of my favorite songs from theirs. Yes, it's poppy. Yes, it's cliche. I guess to pick this song, but I'm doing it anyway because it's great. Awesome. I love that track. I think because I was trying to. Um, go with some deeper cuts. I actually didn't use that one. I did use some singles, so um, <laughs> I'm not being elitist here whatsoever. But I just I didn't make it. it didn't make mine. Uh, let's go with my next one. I'll go with uh, Stacked Actors. Um, I love that one so much. It had to make my list. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I can't add much more to that. That's it's going to be on my list later on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's number seven? Number seven for me is another radio hit of theirs and. One of their fastest paced songs, one that, again, I have to be in a good, not necessarily in a good mood, but I definitely want to, I have to sing along every time I hear it. Uh, Monkey Wrench, also nice. one of their best songs live. Uh, if, you, mm-hmm. if you see the Foo Fighters, they love playing this song live, and it's so great for crowd participation. Um, Dave, aggressive vocals on this one, some of his most aggressive vocals, 
and one of their fastest paced songs. Great stuff. And they speed it. They managed to somehow speed it up when they play it live, which is incredible. So uh, big fan of this one. Yeah, I think they speed it up um, just because it's more fun to play that way. And maybe uh, hoping that Greg and that Greg, that Dave can hold the uh, line like he used to be able to, where he uh, does that was on the bridge or whatever. Yeah. One last time before I quit. I I mean, I've tried that so many times and never been able to make it through without taking another breath. And I think live these days he has to take a breath, which is understandable. But (laughs) it's very impressive he ever did that in in one breath. But uh, yeah, great song. Um, Let's see. Uh, Let's go with Generator off of There's Nothing Left to Lose. Very good um, song. Uh, Really cool guitar effect, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Really, really interesting stuff on that one. That's another song that, you know, it's not one you think about often. But when I listened to the album recently, that stood out to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. A great track to, to select. Didn't make my list, but I'm glad it made yours. Nice. All right. Number, number six. six. Number six. I have got uh, one of their most. Actually, when I said "Learn to Fly" is their biggest radio hit, this might have been, and this might be their most enduring song. Um, in some ways, other than you know the obvious Everlong, uh, times like these mm-hmm. uh, off of One by One, and I actually singled it down to the acoustic version of Times Like These. Yes, off of Skin and Bones. Yep. Oh yeah. So this is a uh, this is actually my favorite. Uh, version of this particular song and, and the, the, don't get me wrong the album version is great too i love the the electric version but the acoustic version is so powerful and it's one of those unifying anthem songs this to me is the closest the foo fighters have ever been to the beatles mm-hmm. in terms of writing a song that is an anthem for a generation and brings people together and you want to sing it with your friends and uh an emotional song and i think the acoustic version brings out that emotion better than the uh the normal version does so that's my choice i completely agree i love every version i've heard of this song they have a really cool haunting version they've been doing lately um they did on saturday night live where it's um um you hear uh remy jaffe's uh, uh keyboards more than anything else and he slows it down but it's really cool and the other version i want to throw some love to is did you ever watch the bbc one they did um back in maybe may or so um i can't remember they pieced it together it was um obviously dave um taylor just playing drums like on a chair or whatever but um i had a bunch of different uh musicians contribute uh verses or not verses uh, i guess lines from it and it's really cool and beautiful especially towards the end because it's all done like i guess zoom or whatever but it has like little windows and you can see all of them here like a, a chorus of probably at that point like 20 people singing times like these it was something that was really powerful to me especially as the um you know pandemic was starting to get to me so if you haven't looked that looked that up it's i think it's just times like these bbc you'll find it um on youtube um okay my next one i'm going to go with is um bridge burning uh, i mentioned that one earlier as being one of my favorites to try to play on drums and it's to me one of their top three best um opening songs so mm-hmm. i had to make my list it's on my list too. i'll go ahead and talk about it because it's my number f- it's actually i'm gonna skip ahead it's actually my number four song uh on my list and yeah uh, amazing the oh, the intro to this song is so good and you know that such a good riff and uh good good vocals everything in this song rules 
And uh, I guess I'll go ahead and call my number five song, uh, which is going to go before that, which is Rope off the same album. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Uh, one of their best singles. And that's one that I, I, I know one thing I've talked to you, David, I love the drums on this song. This, mm-hmm. this song really stands out to me just because I love that sort of like, I don't know the terminology. I don't know what it is that, that Taylor Hawkins is hitting throughout the chorus of this song, the little like the high, the high note. The, the in the background, but it's tremendous. The whole the whole song it just stands out to me during the chorus. I can't remember exactly. Was it paying attention when I listened to it today? But yeah, it's um, uh, just all around. That's a great song. Uh, sadly, it didn't make my list. I don't know why. Um, okay, so this is number five for me. Let's or, go with the yeah. It'd actually be four for you, I think. Right? No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it'd be five. Um, let's see. Uh, go with Let It Die. Um, as I mentioned earlier, earlier, it's a song that's always resonated with me. I loved, uh, when it came out, love it, uh, live. It's just a, it's a great song. Uh, you can read a lot into it and, you know, think, you know, it's definitely about somebody with a drug problem. So it could have been about Kurt, could have been about a lot of people I'm sure he's encountered, but, um, really cool, uh, song. No, definitely. No doubt. All and right, so my number four, my number four yeah. was Bridge Burning. So. Yeah. Okay, so my number four, sorry, I'm, I'm brain for it and I was wanting you to go to three and that wouldn't make sense. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with a deep cut and say Dear Rosemary. I love Dear Rosemary. I, it stands out to me on uh, Wasting Light because of the backup singer, singer that has such a weird voice but it works for yeah. me uh the dude from husker do um band i'd never heard of before and i probably never have listened to but really cool track um i, I guess it just adds to a haunting vibe that i like about it because uh, mm-hmm. of his vocals um all right what do you have at number three number three i have uh my uh, favorite opening track for the Foo Fighters. It's stacked actors off of There's Nothing Left to Lose. David, I think this is one of the best riffs I've ever heard in my life. I love this riff so much. It will get stuck in my head for days at a time. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, so... We both said that one now. Uh, so this crap. This is three for me. Uh, come back. I like come back a lot. Uh, which album those, is that off of? That's off of one by one. Ah. Um, it's one of those that does that thing I love so much that I talked about the, about them kind of uh, fading out and you think the song's over and it kind of tricks you and comes back really strong with some drums. And um, yeah, it's just a it's a great one. Well, my number two selection is their most famous song and their most uh, enduring. I know I said that earlier about times like this. This is their most enduring song. And many would say this is their stairway to heaven. This is Everlong uh, is my number number two selection. It is one of those just uh, iconic songs that defines a band. Every band has that, you know, some bands have tons of great songs, but every band tends to have that one song that for better or worse defines them. Inner Sandman for Metallica, uh, you know, uh, Stairway to Heaven for Zeppelin. Um, 
and in this case, I think for the Foo Fighters, Everlong is that song. It's the song that defines their band. It's the song they're going to play at every concert the rest of their lives. It's the song that they're mo- going to end most concerts with the rest of their lives. So uh, that it, it's it's so good from beginning to end. Amazing drumming, amazing guitar playing, amazing progression of a song from beginning to end. Classic. And a great video, too. I'm shocked you didn't put it in the vein of um, uh, career-defining songs like uh, I Touch Myself by um, The Vinyls. True, true. Or She Fucking Hates Me by uh, Puddle of Mud. (laughs) Pardon the language, that's a song, folks. Actually, the F-bomb is not in the uh, in the title it's really just the, yes i always thought it was <laughs> no it's only it's only plenty like used 20 times in the song but no it's actually not i'm sorry song. i apologize no, i don't care um, <laughs> no. and children if you're listening i especially apologize i already talked about how to touch myself so yes. <laughs> first of all children why are you listening to this podcast for your child first of all but uh anyway if there were children that as deeply of uh, love the Foo Fighters. That would be interesting to me. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go with a uh, kind of deep cut. I one that I've always loved, and it stood out to me more this time. February stars. Oh, so good, so good, so beautiful. I uh, it's one of those I adore the uh, color and the shape version, but then the live version I think is even better on the uh, skin and bones. Yeah, it's it, it's a song that. You don't think about until you you come across it, but when you come across it, it really pops. And I know we, I love playing that one on Rock Band. It was so much fun to sing and to play. And that's really the the first time that song really stood out to me was playing it on Rock Band. I was like, I always overlook this song when I listen to Color in the Shape. So, um, really good choice, David. I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's one of the most beautiful ones. So I had to throw a little love, a little variation on my heavy stuff. So is this down to your number one? Yes, sir. Okay. What my is it? No, my number one uh, pick for the greatest Foo Fighters song um, is, and I thought I was going to pick Everlong, but I realized a couple years ago, I think, that this is probably my favorite of their of their songs. And it was a hit. It is a pop song for the most part. It was, a, it was even in a major motion picture or two. But it's one that is an anthem, and it's one that uh, almost feels otherworldly every time I listen to it. I feel, I feel myself escape into this song whenever I listen to it and sing along. And that's the song Walk off of Wasting Light. Oh, nice. Um, I think it's their best uh, single. And it's, uh, it's a song that uh, works on so many different levels. It works just as a song on the album. It fits perfectly as the close to the album. It has an overwhelming air of positivity about it. Mm -hmm. Like there's doubt and there's uncertainty, but there's hope and there's optimism. And I think Dave just sings his freaking guts out in this song to give the fans, uh, this bit of bright optimism in, in an album that is filled with aggression. It stands out to me as, uh, the best song off of one of their very best albums. So I'm, I'm going with walk. Nice. Um, for number one, like I said, mine were not ranked, uh, as you can obviously tell the order I put mine in, but, um, gosh, I'm down to it and, uh, I think I'm going to edge it out and put, uh, The Pretender 
um, I had all my life, but I really think the Pretender I like a little better these days. At the time when it came out, all my life was probably my favorite of their rockin' songs because uh, it's just so um, stand out. But I don't know the the beginning of the Pretender is kind of the same amount of energy and just you know it when you hear it. You know, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. um, so unique. So yeah, that's that's my number one. Yeah, it's a, um, another great single from the Foo Fighters. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, what was I gonna? Close Do we want to recap our songs before? Yes, we... yes, that would be. Probably, uh, well, actually, I don't think I'll be able to, but yes, you should do that. <laughs> My 10 list from 10 to 1, Resolve, Stranger Things Have Happened, Learn to Fly, Monkey Wrench, Times Like These, Acoustic, Rope, Bridge Burning, Stacked Actors, Everlong, and Walk. Okay, and I'll do mine in a different order because I don't think I can recreate it in the real order. Right. Uh, I just did it in, but Stranger Things Have Happened, Let It Die, Bridge Burning, Home, Stacked actors, generator. Did I put times like these on mine? I think I did, but maybe not. Um, the Pretender, Comeback, and Dear Rosemary and February Star. So I think I went over somewhere in there, but that's basically it. That might be a lot. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I got one question before we get off of here, David. Yeah. I've wondered this my whole life. Is it just Foo Fighters or is it the Foo Fighters? Because I never know what to say. You know... What is? I always tend to say the Foo Fighters, but I don't know if that's accurate. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Um, It just says Foo Fighters. Um, I'm going to keep saying the Foo Fighters. (laughs) I I choose to ignore. I I have heard reality, and I choose to ignore it. I feel like I've seen it listed as the Foo Fighters somewhere, but on all their albums, I'm looking at their cover right now. It's just listed as Foo Fighters. Yes, that, ah, I, think, well. I think you're wrong there, sir. Yeah, they'll um, get over it. <laughs> yes, I'm sure Dave Grohl's going to listen to this and be floored um, at at you adding that. He's he's going to be so pissed off at you, Greg. He'll he'll tell you he doesn't want you to listen to any more of his albums. Well, and I won't buy any more <laughs> of them from Walmart's. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to buy any more from Walmart either. Uh, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> consider they barely have any albums. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, so um, thank you everybody for listening. Let me recap real quick with um, how to get in contact. Um, sorry, uh, Greg, entertain them for a second while I pull up my Twitter. Ah, uh, yes, uh, I am Greg Phillips. You can find me on Twitter at G Phillips. That's G P H I L L I P S eight six five two. And I tweet a lot about wrestling and comic books and movies and uh, sports and uh, occasionally other things, but uh, primarily those. You can follow me on, uh, well, that's probably the only place you can follow me. You can obviously keep up with me whenever I appear on a Lillo podcast. I'm also part of a podcast on uh, another network called Talkin' WCW. I forget about that. Yeah, that's right. It's a nation uh, wrestling feed, and uh, we should have a new episode later this month, possibly. And other than that... uh, that's probably the best ways to keep up with me, honestly. So uh, I'm I'm there on Twitter. I will follow you back if you follow me. So unless nice. you unless 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 you have very questionable things on your on your Twitter profile, <laughs> I, I shouldn't promise I'll follow anyone back. I will follow ninety nine percent of people back when they follow me. 
Right. Yes. Um, all right. What I was looking up was uh, Lilo Podcast, uh, which is again L I L L O. Um, and on Twitter, it's just at Lilo Podcast um, with an S. Um, I am Sunday underscore Groove underscore on Twitter and Sunday Groove um, Lilo on uh, on Instagram. Yeah, the other thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, please follow me on one of those. Reach out on there. Um, if you don't want to respond on the, you know, the main part, you can DM me. That's fine. Um, but I, I love hearing from people. Uh, that's how I've met people over the last several years uh, or the last few years um, was people responding to the show. It's it's the weird thing about podcasting is you don't know who listens. And so I love interaction. I mean, I do a music podcast because I adore music. So I, you know, I love having conversations with just anybody about music, even if your uh, interests really differ from me. I, I still have not heard anybody that wanted to argue with me or t explain to me why St. Anger is a good album. Uh, I still, I still want that to happen. Um, <laughs> I really would be curious to meet a fan um, of that album. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's our social, uh, like I said, on the network. It's still pretty new. There's not a lot of shows, but there's DC for you comes out regularly with uh, our friends, uh, Russell Sellers and Todd Weber. Um, then there's uh, 90 to nothing, which looks like they're on a brief hiatus, but I'm sure they'll be back. And that's uh, Sam Neely and Russell Sellers. Um, they've so far covered the Rocketeer and Edward Scissorhands this year. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, like I said, still kind of a new feed, but we uh, will, I'm sure, grow with time to, uh, for some other topics we wanted to talk about. So I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, thank you so much, Greg, for joining me on this. Thanks for having me on.